This is the message from Connection Community Church for Easter Sunday, April 5th, 2015. Surprised? Good morning, Connection Community Church. Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Day. Whoa, yes, it is great. It is great to be together this morning. My name is Carrie Jones. My name is Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the risen Lord, by the grace of God. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we do thank you for today where really this is where it all comes together for us recognizing that you overcame the grave, that, that you rose from the dead and walked among us for a period of time and now lives in us and with us and all around us. Thank you. God, I would ask that you would settle each one of us in right where we're at and um, help us focus on your message found in Luke and that we would be changed and transformed by it. I pray this in the name of the risen Christ. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. And so last week we talked briefly about expectations, great expectations. We talked about how at times, um, certain times, we, most of us have had great expectations. Maybe it was a, for a particular Christmas or maybe a, a birthday or some other significant event, a wedding, a, a, a milestone anniversary, a graduation, first job. You know, the list goes on. Great expectations, high hopes, wild dreams, inflated possibilities, great expectations. And we said the challenge with great expectations is that all too often the reality far exceeds the expect, or doesn't quite measure up to the great expectation. But even though that often happens, we still have great expectations. A few days ago, we gathered for our holy Thursday service together and the service ended on on a dark note it felt kind of sad as we left this place and we remembered the death of our Lord the death on a cross and that he was buried in a tomb and those of us who have experienced that particular service itself we knew that that feeling that that dark feeling wouldn't last. We knew that it would be short-lived because we knew that Thursday was not the end of the story. Good Friday is not the end of the story. We knew that this morning, this morning would be glorious. We knew that this morning we would celebrate the risen Christ, proclaiming Jesus is Lord, Jesus is risen, alleluia. He has risen indeed. It's because we knew and we were expecting, we had great expectations for this Easter morning. Now that wasn't the case for those who actually experienced Jesus' death. They didn't have great expectations on Easter morning. Their, their expectations were, were rooted in their reality and here's what happened. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? And so we have 
these three women, the two Marys, Mary Magdalene, who was a close follower of Jesus, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome. And they were on their way to the tomb that Easter morning. What they expected to find was quite simple. They expected to find Jesus's dead body in the tomb. Unlike the disciples, these women who were close followers of Jesus, they were with Christ to the very end. What we mean by that is remember some of the disciples ran away. They denied Jesus, even knowing him, but the, these women were with Jesus to the very end. They saw firsthand Jesus whipped and beaten almost to death. They saw firsthand the nails that were driven through his hands and his feet. They saw firsthand the crown of thorns that was jammed on his head and the blood dripping from those thorns and from his hands and from his feet. They saw firsthand they were in the crowd as Jesus hung on the cross for six agonizing hours that day. They saw firsthand how Jesus struggled for breath, and it was through suffocation that, that he was struggling. He was suffocating to death, <coughs> and Jesus gave up his spirit willingly, gave his spirit up, dying on a cross. They saw firsthand Joseph of Arimathea, after Jesus died, take Jesus' body down off of the cross, wrap Jesus' body dead body in linen cloths and place it in that tomb. They saw it all. And so when they went to the tomb that very morning, what they expected was what they had seen placed there in the tomb on Good Friday. They expected to see Jesus dead in the tomb. Mm. They went there to anoint the body with uh, spices. In Jewish culture, bodies are not embalmed, and so they were there to put spices, anoint the, his body with spices. Normally this would have been done prior to the burial, but Jesus died so close to the Sabbath, and you weren't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath, that instead they had to wait until Sabbath was over. And that's why they were going to the tomb that morning, the first day of the week, the first day after Sabbath, that first Easter morning. They were there to anoint the dead body of Jesus Christ. That's what they expected to find that morning because that's what they saw put in that tomb on Friday. And their biggest concern, their biggest concern was who was going to roll this enormous stone away from the entrance. They, they knew the stone was so heavy, there was no way they were going to do it. And so they wondered how or actually who was going to roll it away as they went to the tomb. So let's just push the pause button for a minute and think about that. Isn't it true that sometimes we wonder, we wonder how the stones in our lives, the heavy obstacles in our own lives are going to be moved? Just like the women going to that tomb that day, they wondered, there are times that we wonder, how is this ever going to change? How is it ever going to work, this mega heavy obstacle right in front of me? Well, let's take a look at what the women did. So they knew the stone was in the front of the tomb, and they continued to buy spices. They brought the spices even before the stone was moved. They walked toward the stone 
knowing that it was there, knowing that it was a ton, wondering how it was going to move, not needing to have it all figured out. Are you catching my drift? They didn't need to have it all figured out. They just kept going in faith, not how it was going to be moved, but like who was going to get this stone moved? They operated in faith. How many of us would wait and try to calculate and this and that and figure it out? But they went ahead anyway mm. in faith. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And they entered the tomb. They saw, as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, the stones rolled away. Surprise, there's no Jesus in the tomb. Surprise, there's a young man dressed in white robe sitting there on the right side. Wow, that is just wow, mind-boggling. They're alarmed. How surprising was this? Greatly surprising because of their expectations. <clears throat> I'd say they were low. I'd say actually they were no expectations. Actually, what they expected was exactly what they saw, a dead body in the tomb. What they got was a stone rolled away. Body gone, young man in white robe sitting there. The new reality did not line up with their expectation because their expectation was based on the old reality. Amen? Amen. Mark chapter 16. Don't be alarmed, he said. <coughs> You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, say the next line with me, just as he told you. Don't be alarmed, the man in white said. Kind of easy for him to say. He apparently had a clue about what was going on, unlike the women who just weren't sure what was happening. In fact, they probably were trying to recover from their low expectations, wondering, like, where is the dead body? It is not here. Wondering who took Jesus out of the tomb. Well, the young man tells them the good news that Jesus is risen. He tells them, these three women, to go and tell the other disciples, especially pointing out Peter, to tell him that the risen Christ, the resurrected Christ, they would see him again, that he was going to go before them. Do you see that? He's going ahead of you into Galilee, just as he told you. That's the key right there. Jesus, just as he had told you. See, Jesus had been preparing his disciples all along. He had been telling them. He told them what was going to happen just before Jesus made that triumphal entry into uh, Jerusalem, waving the palms, Palm Sunday. That's what we celebrated last, last week. Here's what he said. Yeah, this is what he said just before Palm Sunday. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We're going up to Jerusalem, Palm Sunday. He said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. 
They will condemn him to death and, he, and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. Say the rest with me, please. Three, Three days, days later, later, he will rise. Yeah. So don't you see, Jesus had told them. He told his disciples what was going to happen. He told them that he would be condemned to death, that he would be mocked, he would be spit on, he would be flogged, he would be killed. He told them three days later he would rise. He told them. They should have had great expectations, but they didn't. They didn't. I mean, was it because they didn't believe him? Was it because it seemed so far beyond the reality that they knew? Was it because, you know, death trumps everything else and they were just so, you know, upset about everything? I mean, it's not like they hadn't seen Jesus in action before. They had walked with Jesus and talked. With, they were right there when Jesus healed the leper and the blind guy and the lame guy. They were there when Jesus took bread and, and fish and just a little bit, and fed 5,000 people. They were there when Jesus raised somebody from the dead. They saw it all. It's not like he didn't tell them what to expect. But you see, instead of having great expectations, they had no expectations. And they were surprised. They were surprised, even though Jesus told them exactly what was going to happen. But isn't that true for you and me as well, many times? Are we, aren't we surprised by Jesus? And the question is, why? Why should we be surprised? Jesus told us exactly who he was, why he came, what his purpose, what he can do, what he will do. I came to bring you life and bring it to the fullest. I came to bring you new life, Jesus said. And yet we're still surprised when he brings us new life. I thought our marriage was beyond repair, we hear. But, but we gave it to Jesus, and guess what? It's all new. Surprise. Why are you surprised? I had this problem with addiction. I, I just couldn't kick it on my own, so I, I asked Jesus for help, and unbelievable, I'm a new person. That's what he told you would you be. I had this problem with my anger, you know. I, I got upset at the slightest little thing, but then I met Jesus, and unbelievable. I, I control my anger now instead of it controlling me. Why are you surprised? Jesus told you he'd give you new life. He'd give you life and bring it to the fullest. He's delivering on the promise. Why are we surprised? I don't know. I don't know. Over and over and over again, we hear people's stories. You hear people's stories. And that, that unbelievable words used, that surprise uh, look and sound. We're surprised when Jesus shows up and even more surprised uh, when, when he goes ahead of us and, and kind of clears the pathway before we even get there. And, and, and we're beyond surprised when he brings new life to the dead areas of our lives. You know? It's exactly what he said he would do. Exactly. Exactly what he said. Yet we're surprised when Jesus does what he told us he would do. So what about you? What about you and your expectations? Do you expect <coughs> to see Jesus? 
Really? Really? Do you expect to see Jesus? Do you expect that Jesus will show up? In your work, in your home, in your life, in the lives around you, the people that you love, the people you care about, your, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your extended family, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your classmates, do you expect Jesus is at work in your life, in their lives? Do you expect new life in Christ? Do you expect that those around you, you or those around you, could be raised from the dead? Your dead hopes, your dead dreams, your dead expectations. Do you think Jesus can do anything about that? Do you expect a change? Or are you just going through the motions? One day into the next, doing this Christianity thing, saying the prayers, not really believing that God even hears, not really believing that God cares, that's a lie. That is a lie. There's a verse in John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Say the rest with me. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's a promise. Or are you saying, yeah, Jesus is my Lord, Jesus is my Savior, but not putting him on the top rung of the ladder? You know, there's, oh, wait, here. Oh, no, here. Oh, are you going through the motions? Do you talk about miracles but not really believe that a miracle can happen? I'm guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Are you going to the tomb this morning like the women did, expecting to see a dead body? Are you surprised by what you find? Let's take a look of someone who a lot of us know and dearly love. We'd like to share a story of someone who wasn't surprised. Take a look. had this lump that I found and it had been there for a while but um, it was always the same size and I never had my wisdom teeth out and I had this one wisdom tooth on this side that came in and um, never gave me any issues but that's right where this lump was. I noticed um, that it it did start to get bigger and um, it started to get bigger fairly quickly. Went in for the CAT scan and uh, she got the report back and it said um, that it wasn't my wisdom teeth, that it was actually a tumor um, and a fairly good sized tumor. So um, the report said that um, the tumor was likely benign 
Um, but they recommended that I have a fine needle biopsy just to confirm um, whether or not it was anything to be concerned about. The evening, my doctor called me and said that she had the report and that the report showed that there were atypical cells. Um, being a specialist of this particular type of glandular tube uh, tumor, um, that it behaved like a malignant tumor. Not only could it be malignant, but also that um, removing a tumor this large would actually cause him to um, dissect the nerve, leaving me with um, severe facial deformity. Um, the MRI actually said that it was probable malignancy, and probable malignancy tumor called a mucoepidermoid carcinoma. So it went from being likely benign to probable cancer with a name. I remember thinking that, um, okay, this is not part of my plan. <laughs> like I didn't plan this, I planned, you know, something completely different and um, you know, I had a son that was deploying and I just felt like I didn't have time to have cancer. Then I started, this is this whirlwind of emotion and in the middle of all of it, I, I heard a whisper in my ear and it simply said, Jeremiah 29:11, which um, had no idea what that was. <laughs> um, so um, I looked that up, and the scripture says, um, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord. My plans are to prosper you and not harm you, to give you hope and a future. The night before the day of my surgery, I when I laid down. Um, to go to sleep, my last prayer was um, to give me peace, but to also, um, I remember thinking, I will love you no matter what. Went home the next day, everything looked good. Um, the surgeon came in and talked to my husband and my kids and Pastor Allen and um, Nancy, who was there with me, and um, said that, uh, you know, everything looked really good, and um, went home the next day in the morning, and by later that evening, um, we already had a call from the doctor's office to tell me that the pathology report was that it was, in fact, a benign tumor, um, that there was no cancer found at all. Was I surprised? Um, not really. Were other people surprised? <laughs> I think so. I, I kept saying I think that God has a plan, that there's a plan in all of this. I have a little bit of a crooked smile, but I can open and close my eye and I don't have cancer. <laughs> Doctor talked to me about, you know, how everything went and, um, took a look at my incision site and thought everything looked good and then um, wanted me to smile for him. So um, I smiled 
and you know we talked about the the facial nerve that was affected that affected my smile and he said last thing he said to me was you know let's let's give it a year you know before you see a plastic surgeon about you know about your mouth because um, they could probably do something about that um, and I you know I was like okay but when I left I remember thinking um, no I'll, I'll keep the smile um, because every day when I look in the mirror I'll remember that um, he is so good and he's so faithful and um, I'll, I'll keep it if it reminds me, if it reminds me to listen to him and to not ever forget that this could have been much worse than, than what it was um, and for me to pay close attention then I'm okay with that. I'll keep it. Wow. Amen. Wow. So don't be surprised. If God can raise Jesus from the dead after three days, just think of what he can do in your life. Have expectations, great expectations. Jesus told us, I came to give you new life. Let's not be surprised when we get it. When we get raised from the dead, from our dead hopes and dreams, from our dead uh, expectations, from our dead relationships, from our deadly habits. He said, I'll bring you new life. Don't be surprised when that's exactly what Jesus delivers. You know, today we celebrate the empty tomb. We celebrate he is risen, he is risen, he is risen indeed. He is risen and with that, we are risen as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's the good news of Easter morning. That's the good news of that empty tomb. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, thank you. We celebrate. And please help us to believe and to, to not be surprised and to have great expectations because we know that you're the God who can raise all things from the dead. We say these things in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus the Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit, and all Connection Church said, Amen.
Yes, yes, yes. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Take hold of that promise. That's what we celebrate this Easter. He is alive. He is alive and he carries us and loves us and holds us every step of the way. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Have an awesome day. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.